Hi, welcome to the Mohua Show. My name is Mohua Chinappa and I am an author, entrepreneur and ex-housewife. This podcast is about everything from business to technology to arts to lifestyle but done and spoken imandari se. Hi, in today's episode we have Jayashree Menon. Jayashree is the chairperson of Fiki Flow. So Jayashree, you joined Fiki Flow Federation of Ladies Organization Bangalore chapter in 2015 and in 2022 you took charge as the chairperson of Flow Bangalore. What kind of business do you see most not in terms of size or B2B but is there any type of idea you see that's been happening more in the last few years? I think women entrepreneurs, homemakers have really turned into entrepreneurs the last 2 years and I find of course food has been the biggest uh, you know business that they have. food there's been a lot of uh, fashion there's been a lot of uh, gardening home grown plants organic these are the little things that most people have started at home uh, they haven't really ventured out and done bigger things because i think it was you know the pandemic and the financing all was becoming a problem but these small home grown businesses and they have really really taken off i think in the last 2 years women have really changed the way you know they are uh, from just homemakers they've just suddenly decided and they are actually bringing in money into the house which i find just amazing which is why this whole journey of financial literacy which we'll talk about but i find that uh, that they've really started bringing in a lot of money and that is mostly in food uh, fashion uh, organic you know plant even gardening they've started doing all that started doing it for people so i think these small businesses have really taken off so honestly i mean when we talk to each other i think the pandemic like really changed a lot of things all around us of course i mean i feel extremely bad about how the laborers suffered really in our country but the other part is this that like exactly like you said there has been a lot of homegrown businesses because people are sitting at home and no so many people lost their jobs so they started thinking of what is it that they can do now you know when we come back to um, you know fiki flow bangalore chapter it's basi- basically dedicated to promoting art and textiles is there a specific reason no, why there, there is no art no it's not at all about art and textiles it is promote it is women, uh, promoting women empowerment yeah it could be in any field so now we start at the grassroots level where we are skilling uh, women um from various ngos shelters in any like we do cooking courses for them it's all free cooking courses uh, this time we even started bartending in case women are interested i am <laughs> housekeep at grassroots level more <laughs> uh, uh, F&Bs, uh, housekeeping. These are the jobs that we are uh, skilling that we are doing. We're doing masala making, stitching, um, making reusable menstrual pads, and also finding a way where they can sell it and make it. So that is at the grassroots levels, and at our different levels, medium, uh, our urban level, we are doing. Uh, women already have businesses, so what we are doing is we have a mentorship program where we help scale up their business. Uh, if you don't have a business and you're planning to start one then we also have a startup cell where we will help you to start the business and these are all mentors from within our organization uh, we do get outside mentors just for that extra conversation but otherwise our mentors we have mentees and we help them grow their business 
So it's really interesting, you know, when you talk to me about the grassroots level, because I would like to believe that, you know, when women are really going out there and starting on their own at the grassroots level, because India is a patriarchal country, you know, there has there been any instances where, you know, you can share with our listeners that, uh, you know, the husbands have like stopped or the male members in the home have stopped these women from going in and who, is there any counseling that happens with these women? So um, there were two very nice initiatives that we had started over the years. One was driving, where we started, uh, had an MOU with uh, the Maruti Driving School and an MOU with Nightingales, the nursing. Um, I was very excited because I thought it would be very nice for women drivers, uh, you know, and they could drive us women around. And uh, I also tied up with, uh, no, actually the organization tied up with uh, an, a cab service that drives around disabled people because we thought women would empathize, women drivers would empathize. Um, I had two people who signed up for driving and zero for nursing because uh, nursing was because nurse job would require you to go out at night maybe, which the husband would not allow. Driving, uh, same thing. How can you drive people around? It's not a great job. So we actually had people for the driving who signed up, 18 people and only two actually completed and got their license, which was very, very disappointing for us. Nursing, one entire year went by and then I had to cancel the MOU. We didn't have one nurse who signed up. There were a few who wanted to come in from the Northeast, but we were focusing on Karnataka. So it didn't happen. So it was very, very disappointing. And their story was like, we were not allowed to. So it was really very disappointing for us. So maybe, you know what, you've got planned quite a few events now coming up, you know, with the Bangalore chapter, because knowing the person that you are, I'm sure you've got this whole list already happening. Is there anything that's exciting that's going to happen, you know, you can share with us? Okay. So in terms of uh, events, so what uh, since we are 800 plus members, it's, okay. it's always been very hard. And we have noticed that over the last two, three years to get all 800 at one event. One, they don't show up. One, we have to cap it. Uh, when we don't have a big enough venue and plus the last two years are allowed, asking for smaller groups. So this year I decided since an 800 members hardly there are lots who don't know each other. So I've decided to uh, make eight different networking verticals based on interest. Uh, focus is financial literacy. So that is uh, everyone has to attend those workshops and seminars that I'm having. Then I'm having a marketing vertical, a professional services vertical, a lifestyle, fashion, entertainment, but uh, art and culture. I also have a book club, travel gourmet club, fitness, wellness. So what I people are joining these verticals based on interest, which is they're smaller groups, 150, 200 people. So when they that vertical has an event, that those people will land up. So my uh, idea here is at the end of the year. You've learned something, you've attended workshops, and you also know about 200 people more than you did when this next year. You will know 200 more people than you did, you know, and you have networked at least among them. Yeah, which is so amazing, you know, because otherwise it's so difficult to meet other people. And this is like a really great platform where you meet a whole lot of other people with whom you can kind of join hands and do stuff. So also, you know, what has been uh, the biggest challenges, especially post the third wave now, you know, getting sponsors, you know. So how do you plan to tackle this considering this is a challenge for brands across the spectrum? You know, how are you planning to cross this barrier? So sponsorship is going to continue being hard. It's definitely not... Um, Something the last two years uh, has been very, very, they've hardly, chairpersons have hardly got anything actually. So this year, I have I have started, uh, well, one is to approach people who have already uh, sponsored us, so continuing uh, sponsorship. Uh, 
I and now uh, it we are also if anyone who gives us money is also eligible for the eighteen. So what happens is it can be considered a donation. So fifty percent they do get back. So to that extent, we are hoping that we'll get a, a lot more money. Um, we have to actually appeal to organizations that focus on women as their clients, which I'm guessing are jewelry, fashion houses, you know, corporates that deal with you know, like Nike and things. So these are the kind of sponsorships that we have to look at. Um, we we appeal. <laughs> we can just hope that we we get you know, uh, but it's not easy. But there is a huge wave right now where you know uh, you, we do see a lot of media spaces. We see a lot of shows. We see a lot of space given to women entrepreneurs. So I think you know going forward, it will slowly just stop. You know, start getting narrower and narrower. You know, uh, hopefully, yeah, yeah. So your primary vision has been to improve financial literacy among women. Uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge? Because to me, I think just yesterday I was doing an Instagram live and I was talking about how financial literacy is one of the most important and the first step for women empowerment, you know, because that's where women, when they try and really go out there and get out of an abusive relationship, get out of an abusive home or get out of just, uh, you know, a, a situation that's challenging, all you need is money. Yeah. So uh, what are the things that you have in mind for financial literacy? So, um, this started because, again, like I said, homegrown business had come up and I wanted them to do something with their money instead of just giving it to their partner and saying, now you put it in the bank for me or you handle my money for me. I wanted them to be able to take an independent decision as to what they could do with their money. Uh, even if they were getting 20,000, I wanted that 5,000 to be invested wisely, you know, what in whatever way you felt. So uh, the plan here is to have different workshops on various, like whether it's settlements of debts, how you can take smaller loans, uh, planning for your retirement. Uh, what about legal? Like, you know, you are separated. What are your rights financially when you when you leave? Um, all of, all, just generally all of that. It's just uh, how to invest in various, it could be digital, it could be what is, is gold what for you? Is it land for you? Is it art for you? So just, Everything. It's going. This whole year is going to cover everything financially. Not. It's going to be simple that we can understand because I'm going to assume that there's a very small margin of women who understand finance in a huge way. Most of us, let's be honest, don't really understand finance. So I'm going to start small. So by the end of the year, they're definitely more knowledge and they can take independent financial decisions. That's yeah, it's, it's really interesting when you say that most of us don't understand finance. I think we're just not encouraged to understand finance. And we've not taken much of an interest also yeah. because we just assume they will take care of it for us. Yes. But also in the last two years, uh, sadly, you know, there have been so many deaths just suddenly and the women are just left not knowing what to do. Exactly. You know, they've lost the person who handles it for them and they are at a loss. Now, what do you, why should you be at a loss? You should be prepared. So I encourage women to know where invest if they, if their husbands have made investments for them so far where are the where is it kept where are all your documents as simple as that kept for your various investments start understanding it today so you have women who are in the financial business who are there as mentors uh, for oh, people oh yeah our yeah. my finance team financial literacy team is okay. Uh, run by two very very capable women who already have uh, this going called paid forward and they're just excellent and they are have a very nice plan in place, you know, and which of course includes outside speakers and it's also to make it more interesting for the others also. Um, 
So they have a whole plan in place, which is very exciting. So I need to come back to because you said financial literacy is one of your, you know, is one of your favorite subjects, and I think it's it ha- it holds so much of water, you know, uh, having been a writer myself in this space of uh, women empowerment and you know f- uh, feminist literature doing a podcast where we've had so many guests who've come in and spoken about uh, how tough it is to be a woman and how wonderful it is to be a woman so was money really discussed when you were a child and at home uh, you know was your mother included in any financial decisions were you included or was it something that you've learned over life that this is very important and it has come to you late like for me for example i kind of never even ever took the initiative to understand because uh, my mother was more savvy than i was uh, than i am even today uh, with money but i wasn't you know so is it something that is naturally with you as a person or it's come upon you no it never came to me naturally so growing up again um, a very corporate father who only worked mother was a housewife where he of course made all the major decisions mom was of course given the money to run the house kind of that's how we grew up and that's how i honestly continued even after i married i had my children Uh, yes, of course, I worked. I did have my salary, but bank it it was, and just would you know, literally, just literally go there, take, withdraw the money, and spend where I had to. Um, I think I understood stood this a lot more when my father suddenly passed away, and my mother was sixty, quite young, and he suddenly passed away, and I realized that we didn't really know anything that my father had done, least of all my mother, you know. so it was a quite a shock for us because we had to literally pull out it took about a year i think to pull out uh, you know all the documents find out where dad had invested all his money and uh, figure out where it is i don't know whether we've still gathered it all you know so um, it was quite a shock and then suddenly miraculously after a year or so i saw my mom change where she stopped depending on my sister and me completely in i mean in terms of money yes there was but how she was handling her finances and what she was doing with herself just changed and she became this super independent woman you know uh, who could handle everything on her own like you know there i think she is just my role model where she, it, i know it's very cliche to say my mother is my role model my mother this, is my role model too but in this case it literally is yeah because how she changed at 60 and it's not easy for someone who is from a village who's not even finished her schooling you know probably just signed a check blindly if my father gave it to her without even knowing what she was signing to this person who at some point even became the secretary uh, of the innovil which means you're handling a lot more so i realized if my mom can do it at 60 i have no right to not know it in my 40s or 30s or 50s and i don't think anybody else should they should learn today and not be f- Uh, in that situation to decide i want to learn learn yeah. it way ahead i'm sure you know what when you're talking finance you know the first thing that um, the uh, you know the emotion that comes uh, in my heart and head is fear okay and i'm sure a lot of women must be so fearful when they try and take decisions as far as uh, investing goes because you know what traditionally uh, in most homes uh, women are not really included in any of the uh, investment decisions it's always what has been passed on to us and exactly like what you said that you know that your mother didn't know i too didn't know any of the investments that you know my husband had made you know so um 
even today i'm not fully aware of what the investments are it's just this that now uh, i'm beginning to become aware so how is it that you kind of uh, deal with fear when you know especially because what makes it so interesting jashree that uh, you know you're talking about to women at the grassroots level where um, and i always talk about it that it's way more harder there than what uh, we perceive our hardships are all about so do you run workshops or have you any, any plans for that we are so we are starting with again basic workshops there are women who don't even have their own bank accounts so we are encouraging them to do that uh there are again small uh, you know business there like pickle baking you know snacks uh but they don't know how to sell it so we are you know teaching them how to sell it they don't have they they don't know payment gateways so we are going to do that for them uh how can we how they can get small loans for what they want to start so we are doing that all that for them as simple as possible because they we can't get into bigger conversations with them but this much we will at the end, that's what i hope to achieve by the end of the year at least that they those who want to start know okay this is where i can go get my money and yes if i get this i have my own account i don't have to hand it over to anybody else this is what i can do with my money i want to teach them at least that much so you've also said that you you know you feel that women are more capable than uh, you know uh, than what they you've also said that women are far more capable than what they think of themselves to be and i completely agree with you because you know when i talk about my own self i think i did not even know that i know how to podcast that i know how to write a book you know in the midst of all uh, you know my crisis or my situation because i think you know uh, we forget what we are capable of you know in this entire business of home and hearth yeah so tell us a little bit more you know about uh, your journey as a as a woman and you know uh, of course i've known you from the time that you've looked after both your children you've you've moved cities also with your husband and uh, obviously career always takes a back seat you know for so many women like us who've who have dreams about doing something and it's now that you know i see you making these speeches and you know today i saw your article you know and it makes me feel so proud like you know from the bottom of my heart i feel happy when i see another woman do well um when did you come about this entire change uh, you know in your own self so i think the change was very gradual mo really it's not something that i just woke up to one morning and said oh i'm going to be this person the change is very gradual um Thirty years ago, I was this very shy, you know, bride who became a mother, you know, who took up uh, a job. I think just to keep the home kind of running and to help with the home. But I think uh, in my journey over the last thirty years, I started meeting women who, um, at work, outside of work, who I realized were making a difference. Uh, not just to their lives, but also to their homes. Uh, like for me, I was doing it as a pastime or something. But these were women for whom it wasn't. It was their livelihood. I mean, um, I was I was uh, coming home in a train every day from work in Bombay, and I would see these women cutting their vegetables in the train so that when they go home, they can get to the cooking right away. so that that much time they're not wasting when i realized they are actually working and these work some of the women used to work in pune and, and live in bombay so they used to come from you know they used to go to pune every morning and come back to bombay every day here they were doing this buying all the vegetables cutting them in the train to go home and cook so i'm thinking by the time you do this and you go to bed it's 10 11 12 and then you're up 
and leaving again at 4-5 in the morning. And I'm like, if you can, if they can do that, I mean, I think anybody can do that. I, we, the problem is we have, we have the capability, we have the strength. I don't think we, I think we just don't trust ourselves to do something. I think we're somewhere, we're underconfident about ourselves, which we shouldn't be. You know, we should say, and then I looked at all of them and I've seen them over the years. So my, like I said, when I said my journey was gradual, it's because I've seen other women and I've seen how strong they are and what they can do. And then I reflect and say, you know, I am capable of a lot more. What am I doing? Yes, I like being the wife. I like being my, the mother. I like all of that. But I don't want to define myself that way. You know, I want to see how much I can push myself. What is it that I can do? Am I capable of doing this? So I think it started off trying to prove to myself that I can, you know, do whatever I set out to do. But somewhere along the way, I started, I realized I love it. And it uh, makes, has made me also grow as a person. Uh, so I think that was my journey. It was very gradual. But um, yeah, there were of course struggles because I think women face struggles everywhere. You know, I think more, I think our biggest struggle is the criticism we face, you know. And uh, criticism is, surprisingly, it comes from your own people. Absolutely. All the time. Yes. All the time. So I think that also sort of uh, pushes you a little harder, makes you stronger. You say, you know, when someone doesn't believe in you, you say no. You know, you, at least that was me. For me too, actually, you know, the catalyst has been about uh, always being dismissed for any uh, business plan that I had. And, you know, uh, eventually I started believing that I'm completely uh, incapable of anything. And uh, I think that's where also just like you, for me also, it's been a reboot, you know, and uh, that fire was burning so badly that it just refused, like how much ever they tried to douse that, it just didn't douse. So I so agree with you on criticism. How has the family been, uh, you know, with you with a new role? Because obviously you must be keeping busy. and oh, uh, uh, so very supportive, I have to say. So Vinod, my husband has been very, very supportive, always. Um, and he's not anyway someone who's always curbed me to do whatever. You can always do, you know, whatever you feel like. it. So he's been very, very supportive. He knows this year I'm not going to uh, spend any time in the house or do anything really in the house because it takes up a lot of my time. This, I mean, I've taken on the responsibility. I might as well just do it right or well as best as I can. So he knows I'm going to travel. He knows I'm going to be out. He knows I'm going to be on the phone a lot or my emails a lot. I'm going to be in a lot of meetings. but he's completely fine with that as far as the kids and where they're too grown up my mom sister they're all been very very supportive um the rest we'll see as it goes you know before we end the episode you know maybe just a few words about leadership if uh, you could say because i i do believe that women have so many leadership skills that should be spoken about and especially when i see you you know going out there and talking to a whole room of people and that confidence with that you command to bring it on you know and just the fact that even if you've taken on a position today with Fiki Flo, you are talking about the grassroots level women. So it is about empathy. It is about being kind. It is about understanding what, you know, uh, people who are maybe not privileged, what is it that they face? So do you think that leadership, um, you know, overall, because there are more men leaders than there are women, it's, it's definitely the ratio is much smaller, you know. Um, do you think there should be any uh, qualities that you feel that as a leader, you know, irrespective of gender should embody and that's not there? 
so i think uh, a leader will be able to achieve nothing unless she has a fabulous team behind her it's not possible otherwise so identify the people who can help you delegate your work to them trust them don't delegate and then boss them tell them what to do trust that they can do as good a job as you want maybe even better i think that really is what comes to, and i know that women can do it <clears throat> and i think as you're getting older the equation with women has changed i think when we were younger there's a lot of jealousy there's a lot of backbiting you know you know each one is trying to be better than We've the other we all evolved jeshri yes but <laughs> today women don't do that women are the big, my biggest support you know it's nobody else so i know like today if i have had i have a team i know in no uncertain terms they will do everything to make this because it's it's not just my journey it's their journey as well so i think to be a leader you just should be able to delegate to be able to trust your people to have absolute faith and confidence in them and i think that's how you should be so before we end this episode i have to say that you know we tend to talk a lot about the subject of leadership but we don't interrogate our ideas about what qualities a leader should embody and jeshree's just done that for us you know so here's wishing jeshree men and success as the chairperson of flow bangalore and hoping her leadership will bring in all the qualities a leader must have thank you jeshree for being on today's episode thank you for inviting me here it's <laughs> a pleasure talking to you all Do you our dearest listeners you can find us on your favorite streaming services Spotify Amazon Music Apple Podcast and of course on all other major streaming services with loads of love we are the mohua show where we talk imandari se <laughs>